This is episode 42 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I'm your host, Taze, and this is the podcast with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast, because here we feature your writing, poetry, short stories, letters, everything and anything you've written down that you would like shared. We give it a platform, a voice, an audience, but you are the star of each and every episode. If this is your first time tuning in and you'd like to see some of your work featured on this podcast, stay tuned to the end of the episode. So once again, welcome. How was your weekend? How are you doing? If you're listening to this in the beginning of the week or the middle of the week, then how is your week going? Uh, If it's been annoying or maybe exhausting, well, you'll be able to unwind and relax as you listen to some amazing poetry and writing in today's episode. There's a little bit of a theme going on that seemed to fall into place, but I'll discuss that shortly. I did want to tell a little bit of a story, and maybe it's a little different than what we usually talk about in the beginning of the episode, um, because we usually try to focus on the episodes to be a building, uplifting, especially when we are talking to each other one-on-one. But I just thought this story was humorous, that thankfully it didn't go worse. I'll keep the details very brief. Uh, to make not make myself look too bad, but let's just say I was cooking a shepherd's pie, and uh, some smoke happened, and a fire alarm might have went off, and fire trucks might have showed up. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, no one was hurt, no damage was done, and what kind of makes me confused on how I should feel about it was that the shepherd's pie came out as the best shepherd pie I have ever made. So I don't know if I should feel worse because all those events surrounded it, or feel better that despite everything else, uh, it was an awesome dinner, just with a lot of stress surrounding it. So keep an eye on your oven, folks, is the lesson of today's episode. As for the uh, theme of this episode, how it kind of works out is that we're going to go on a little bit of a journey... So grab your jackets, it's cold outside, we're going to go on a walk. Um, but before we go on this walk, I brewed some tea, and so we're going to have a little bit of cup of that, and get warm inside because it's brisk outside, it's the middle of winter in most places. So take your cup, sit tight, and we'll get started with the first piece by Dominic Cyril Roberts, and it is titled, Put the Kettle on, Reprise, Repost. I heard a sage speak proud and strong. He sang me a peculiar song. He spoke of love and tragedy. On guard, a guard, the kettle's on. Kettles are a bastion, within them stirs a soul. The morning is for knowing her, it's why I own a stove. Sing to me of what you know, sing of man, of time. The kettle has a memory, the kettle has a mind. Nettle is an open field, fresh-cut grass, young, pure. Nettle sits upright in class, for nettle aims to cure. Chai is warm for hours, her power is her family. The kettle is jealous of chai, she tastes just like insanity. Jasmine is a wonder, a blunder yes to some. She hits the stomach softly, if you often feel her punch. 
Earl's wise and old and gray. His beard is gnarled and long. His knuckles turn with every blow, for Earl is bent but strong. I am too poor to visit now my dear old friends and lovers, to wake and smell their soft perfume, to breathe them in with butter. A kettle is a luxury to some outside the kingdom, but with her bloody colonies, she also spread her wisdom. The kettle is a tool, you see, a brilliant one at that, but I have kept the old ways tucked beneath my dusty hat. I only need the water, I only need the heat. The steam sustains my lucid dreams. To drink my tea, I breathe. So thank you, Dominic, for starting this off with a nice warm cup of tea. Regarding this piece, they said, I watched an interview with John Agard, who is a brilliant wordsmith I somehow hadn't heard of, and in it he recited a poem of his, Put the Kettle On. He was talking about how poets draw their inspiration from the most mundane things, and how the genius of poetry is transmuting the mundane into the profound. I decided to take my inspiration from the mundane secondhand. And I thought you did so wonderfully. First, I want to say how exciting and fun it is to be inspired by another poet or another work of art, and even uh, taking an idea that you share between the two of you and doing your own spin on it and turning the mundane into the profound for something as common as a kettle may be in the household but how much power and amazing it is in terms of the family of teas and flavors and experiences it opens up up to us and even in your poem you tell this narrative as you go through each flavor and the different personalities they carry Um, But then the narrator falls on the sense of poverty, that they no longer can visit their old friends, have this kettle, have their tea. But all they need is water, some heat, some steam, and when they breathe, it keeps them going. It becomes their tea. And I just thought it was a lovely poem. So thank you for sharing. Well, I hope you are warmed up a bit now as we step outside and continue our winter's night walk. Our next piece is by Ash Douglas, and you can find his work on earthtoash.com, and it is titled, Just Before the Bridge. Four shadows passing by midnight, the king, the jack, the ace, and the joker, pushing and shoving, jousting in jest, their laughter lulling the moon, as streetlights froze everything in time, and the world just slept. Shuffle and stroll in the wake of the chopping shore, they poked and praised, challenged some more. Free until the sun began to peak, then they retreat with the dampening dew. Enough stories for a thousand tomorrows, from a single night. A key to a forever yesterday. So thank you, Ash, for sharing this piece with us. Regarding it, they said, This poem is about being a kid and growing up without a care in the world because it was summer and you're with your ten-year-old best friends whose friendships you thought would last forever. I looked back at a special moment one night on a walk with a smile and this poem was the result. 
So as we are on our walk, did you reflect while listening to this poem on your own childhood? What I really loved about this poem is that it can be maybe particularly easy to think about our youthful experiences, the friends that we thought would be our friends forever, and not due to necessarily a falling out, but just time, just age, just growing up, maybe separates us. Uh, and maybe we look on those memories as something we miss, and it brings a little bit of sad, sadness, melancholy. But at least I feel like as you captured Ash, is you can walk with a smile as you reflect on this bond you and your friends had in the past, uh, the adventures you guys go on, uh, as you said, pushing and shoving, jousting and just being out all night, playing as the world slept, having enough stories for a thousand tomorrows. It reminds me so much of when I was growing up and we would go into the woods during the day and play with skunk cabbages, which are these terrible pungent plants if you crush the ball in the middle but you could open them up and we'd throw them at each other or we would sneak into our town's dump which was right across the wood line uh, and see how far we can get or you know play ding dong ditch and then we just spend hours on hours and in those moments it felt like things that could last forever but in its place we got memories that would last forever memories that transcended uh, the friendships in a lot of ways and so I thought you grabbed uh, and captured that youthful period very well. So thank you. Now, where will our mind wander next as the moon rises high in the sky on this walk? Our next piece is by Cyrus Lai, and it is titled To the Tune of the Charm of Nianu, A Chance Meeting in Winter. The lunar halo lingers on the trees. Its gleam sways the stars shine, roaming across a thousand miles while illuminating frigid aspirations. Gazing at the night's eastern origin, I think back on old memories. I hope for a youthful spring distanced from many matters. Ascending my thoughts and not fulfilling them, waiting for peace to fall below. Shouting at myself, I write empty letters. The cold lit light is like a river. I follow after a current, arriving alone at a purpose. Rustling and swishing, carefree and detached at leaving home, although white hair has fully appeared, longing for each other is enough. December brings a strange wind to entangle my sweetheart, a drawn-out forgetfulness in the midst of walking without end. The cool sun melts hoarfrost. A frozen heart stretches out for pangs of feeling. From sympathy, I wish to dispatch many messengers. After long years, I return home to my mournful cottage. I see weed-choked emptiness. But I hear a sunlit market. Thank you, Cyrus, for adding to our walk this evening. Regarding this piece, they said, A Chinese piece written in the Song Dynasty Long Song Poetry style, which I have attempted to capture the general feeling of in the English translation. The style is exemplified by famous poets such as Su Shi and is characterized by several strophes 
describing a subject from different surrounding perspectives within a strict meter and rhyme scheme. This podcast is not a critical or not a uh, a writing workshop by any means. Uh, I'm not qualified to make it a writing workshop by any means, uh, but it is always a, a delight to read a piece too, and I think it's fun to read and fun to hear um, when someone really uses the meter and uh, different rhyme schemes uh, based on certain styles. You don't have to do it. It doesn't take away anything from your poem. But every now and then we pick get one that really strictly falls at. Um, it's always fun. Regarding the piece itself, though, this poem really puts me in the narrator's shoes. Uh, and I may be interpreting it completely wrong. Um, but from my perspective, speaking about different perspectives as the poetry style brought out, it basically makes me think that we're continuing our walk and maybe from originally where we came from, it's been a long, long time. And we reflect on our youth, where maybe our matters weren't so heavy, our cares were a bit more free. And we're going through our thoughts, and maybe peace doesn't quite reach us yet. And so we follow this moonlight like a river throughout. And maybe we get more carefree as the further we get from home, even though now our hair is white and uh, we finally find a little bit of peace. And the temperature gets colder as December moves in. And we've been walking without end. And the sun, time, melts the snow and the winter. And it's time to move on. It's time to begin the next phase. And we head back home to our mournful cottage. And what I liked about this ending, at least how I have taken it in, is that if you see an empty house, empty cottage, or any situation, either you can always look at it with as a positive or a negative. You can see a weed, a choked emptiness, a run-down cottage. But as the narrator says, they hear a sunlit market. And to me, that just speaks about the possibilities, the happiness that can be found in moments that even though they may look desolate, we can still sometimes find that joy, that spark, that thing that we're looking for, where it can feel as full, as happy, as energetic as a market on a busy day. So thank you, Cyrus, for sharing this piece with us. So how do you feel so far on the walk? I hope you're not too cold. I hope the tea has kept you warm, and I hope you're able to reflect on some great memories so far. Maybe think about the future a little bit. Think about where you want to be. Think about the positivity that you can find. Well, let's reflect a little bit more before we head back home. Our next piece is by NB, and it is titled August. The month came and went. Summer days and nights passing me by like seconds, paving the way for the dead of winter. But under the chill of November winds, a boy appeared, donning the same name as that summer month, surrounding me in a similar comforting warmth. Though unfortunately, just like his namesake, my time with him passed me by. And in the blink of an eye, he was gone. 
Thank you, NB, for sharing this piece with us. Regarding it, they said, Background is basically a failed relationship with a friend of mine. After it ended, I got to thinking how quick it was and how much I should have savored him being there with me as more than a friend. Because even though it was quick, being with him was warm and comforting and everything I wanted. And how true uh, this poem and your words are when it comes to life, the good moments, especially love, that there's not enough time that if we could, especially with those we so deeply care about, we would want to spend eternity with them. But right now, as the seasons are fleeting, uh, so is time and relationships begin and end. And even though they can have such a profound effect on us, as he said, I can feel like his namesake, like August. You can feel this warmth, this summer air that brings nostalgia, comfort. And the next thing you know, it's fall and then winter, and they're gone. But does that mean that we should uh, forsake the good moments because they may just disappear? Or as you said, we should try our best to savor them. And your poem to me also brings out a good point, whether intentional or not, is that, yes, summer ends and winter begins, but so does winter end and summer begins as well. Where there's cold, there will be warmth, and where there's warmth, there will be coolness. So thank you for sharing this poem. I also really love the wordplay in this one. I appreciate it. So now our walk is coming to an end. I'm sure you're feeling maybe a little bit cold at this point. Uh, the tea's warmth might have died down, and our breath seems to be freezing in the air. Even more so, it seems like the light itself is frozen, and maybe the universe too, because it's only just us walking with the slowly swaying silhouettes of tree branches outlined by lunar light. And time feels like it never existed. But we should get inside before uh, we regret staying out so long. So before you go, though, uh, what can we gain from this walk? What can we make of all this reflection? Uh, how can we savor the moments of our childhood memories? Focus on the positive of outcomes, even though we might have regrets in our youth. What journey and destination are we going to? How can we stay warm just like the tea uh, made us feel in the beginning? Well, our next piece is submitted anonymously, and it is titled Ina Qualitas Vitalis, translated to Life-Giving Balance. A life worth living is one where the good times outnumber the bad ones. That is what I tell myself that I think. But when I look around, gazing upon all the memories I have built, I know I am but a liar. For a moment's worth of bliss is worth a sea of nightmares. And a moment with you will be worth all it had taken to get there. So thank you for sharing this poem with us and completing our late-night winter's stroll. Maybe on this walk, when we were thinking about the past, 
Maybe bad memories came up. Maybe nightmares we've been trying to get away from. Maybe injuries that we never quite felt that we recovered from. But it's funny because in each of those moments we feel we can feel like it's the worst thing ever. And it might be one of the worst things ever. But then a moment comes along. A spark. A little bit of light. A little bit of warmth. And for that moment, none of that stuff matters. For that moment, we're living solely in the good, the bright, the pleasant. It enraptures us. It captures our full attention. And sometimes, whether it be love, or a specific achievement or accomplishment, or maybe we're just enjoying a nice brunch, a nice breeze, everything felt worth it to get to this moment not that we wish all the bad would ever happen to anyone or we would want to go through it again but all the nightmares and struggles and pain fall away to this one peaceful and beautiful moment really the life-giving balance is there so thank you everyone for going on this walk with me thank you for listening to this episode And thank you to all the wonderful uh, writers and poets who sent in their work for this week. And keep uh, tuning in and checking out this podcast. It would not be possible without you. If you'd like to see who wrote what or the names of the pieces, you can do so. It will be in the description of the episode. And if you would like uh, to submit your own piece to have it featured, well, it's relatively easy to do so. I'll go over it briefly. Uh, one, if you want easy information, you can go to my Twitter. It's Dead Letter Cast. That's C A S T. Dead Letter Cast. You can reach out to me there with any questions. There, it has my email. I'll give it to you here, and it'll be in the descri- description. It is Dead Letter Radio Podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email with your piece. Have a title if that's applicable. Um, include it as a PDF or Word document, as usually easiest. Put the piece in. Share how you'd want to be credited. It can be anonymous as well. And then tell me some background information of the piece if you would like that possibly shared. If it's a flash fiction piece or a short story, keep it under 650 words so we have time to share other wonderful works on each and every episode. If you had enjoyed this episode, as always, please leave a review or rate it on wherever you listen to podcasts. Spread the word if you know people like poetry and writing. Uh, That way we can give uh, credit where credit's due to all these amazing writers. Well, I hope now you're back inside and you're able to warm up a bit. Uh, Maybe we can do another walk like this at some point. Even though it was unplanned, I know. Might have took you by surprise. Uh, But I had a lot of fun. I'm sure, or I hope, that you did too. You know I'm always rooting for you, whatever the day may bring. And so I hope you find those bright spots, uh, you reflect on those good memories, and you appreciate how far you've come. This is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels.